Welcome to Doxed, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Doxed, the podcast. Today, we're diving into a controversy involving indie artist Inako, a musician with a staggering 4.2 million followers on TikTok. Inako's 2023 song, Jericho, became the center of attention when another TikTok user, a white woman, decided to remake the black, non-binary artist's viral song as a Christian version by changing the lyrics. She claimed that her rendition was divinely inspired and went as far as to publicly condemn Inako's original version as demonic, igniting backlash within the online community. What sets this story apart is not only the clash of creativity and religious interpretation but also the power dynamics at play. It's a tale of entitlement and appropriation, set against the ever-evolving landscape of our digital culture. And you're not feeling well at all because of a period or because of um, COVID still, or both? (laughs) Probably both. I mean, I'm not COVID positive, but horrible, like, 11-day period for some reason. Oh, yeah. Heavy every day. That's horrible. Has it been more consistent since your surgery? Well, my periods have been consistently terrible. And when I couldn't take it anymore, I messaged my doctor to send me a prescription for birth control. Mm-hmm. So I can just take the pill back to pack without any placebo weeks. So I can just avoid having a period altogether, which is what okay. I was doing before. And when I wasn't feeling well and sleeping all day, I think I skipped a day and then doubled up on the next day. And it, like, as soon as I woke up in the morning, I started spotting. Yeah. I was like, well, that's normal when you're late on a pill, when you've been taking it really consistently that you might spot the following day. Yeah. But it just got heavier and heavier. I'm like, well, I feel like I'm just kind of wasting the pill. So I'll just stop for this week. Mm. And then when I stop bleeding, I'll start it up again. And 11 days went by. And I finally stopped today. But my God, I've been in so much pain. It finally stopped today, you said? Yeah. I hope that's good. Has it been better today? I'm still sore. It feels like I've been punched in the uterus repeatedly Mm. for the last week and a half so i'm just like tender and sore it's horrible yeah i'm ready for like a full hysterectomy i would like to be done Mm. with all the lady parts please yeah that's a hell of a journey i'm sorry you got got sucker punched (laughs) (laughs) um how am i doing I don't even know. <laughs> Doing fine. This is, I don't know. You know, I have like seasonal affective disorder. So I definitely feel it when it comes into these kind of months, even though somehow like these are my favorite months of the year. And also I definitely get depressed around this time of year. Wow. I do feel pretty good about music that's coming out on October 27th. So that's like a really big deal to me. Like, yay. I just, thank you I just really needed music to come out this year and it did so or it's going to so that's like very good and um music video too 
that I worked on the last couple of weeks. Amazing. Thank you. And I tried extensions, which was exciting for my hair. And you sent me a picture and they're like, we're perfectly matched. I have no idea how I did that. I just kind of picked some and they actually are exactly right. So that, <laughs> but Wonderful. I also tried a wig and I had like a, like a sensory meltdown about the wig. So I don't think I can do wigs because Like I, a full wig? yeah, I got like the extensions to try and I got this like wig that was the same kind of length and it had bangs. And the wig I got off TikTok, the extensions I got on Amazon. And I hate the wig. I can't do a wig. Very upsetting to me. Very overwhelming. <laughs> it was like sweaty and itchy. And I couldn't get my Did you hair get a wig cap? in it. Um, I wore like a hairnet. And I tried to braid my hair so it would stay in the thing. But it was like too much hair to fit. But also... slipping out because some of the hair was too short and then it was itchy and I didn't like it. Oh, uh, yeah. So I just have to figure out, well, I did like the extensions though, but then I like the idea of getting permanent extensions instead of clip-in ones. And then I learned that's very expensive. So I'm sad that you have to be rich to be pretty and feel good in your body. So <laughs> that sucks to learn once again, but Mm -hmm. <laughs> have you seen those memes that are like it's usually a before and after of Kylie Jenner and then usually it's captioned you're never ugly you're just poor <laughs> Oh, no. That's mean to Kylie Jenner. The other thing I saw, which I don't think is funny, I just was like, oh, that's not cool to speculate. But somebody was like on a TikTok speculating based on her facial proportions that she has fetal alcohol syndrome. And I was like, I feel like that's not something you should speculate. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's not something that's anyone's business <laughs> you should speculate about. But that's, it's a shame. Anyway. Oh, no. Usually, they usually like try to clock that in people based on the distance of your eyes. Yeah. And they'll say if you have wide set eyes, you have fetal alcohol syndrome. Like, no, that's not necessarily true for everyone that has wide set eyes. Let's, let's leave people's eyes alone. <laughs> Yeah, plus it's just always uncomfortable to me. Like, I'm not a doctor, so maybe that is how you tell by, like, pe people's facial proportions, that particular thing. But whenever somebody is trying to, like, measure someone's head, like, cranial, so I'm always like, okay, that's... <laughs> That's an uncomfortable place to be moving to. I don't know about that. So anyway, um, yeah. So you wanted to talk about Iniko. Yeah, I've been very upset about what's You've been been upset. going on with them. Sorry. Oh, fuck. Them, them. They, them, theirs. They, them, theirs. Yeah. Say it to myself like 15 times so I don't fuck up this whole episode. They, them, theirs. Okay. I've been very upset over what's been happening with them, even though I took a long hiatus from my rage to be ill. Um, ill for other reasons. But now I'm back and I'm mad again. <laughs> Back and mad again. Yeah, you've been mad the whole time you were sick. <laughs> for various reasons. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of opinions about appropriation of Black music, but maybe do you have a summary of the most recent thing with the Christian horrible lady? Well, I like that you're gonna like have the take on appropriating 
black artists. I have the take of like white Christian evangelical women demonizing black women since since the slave ships, basically. And yes. it's it's such an old, tired thing that's been happening for so long. It's a tale as old as time of black women being seen as the Jezebels, being seen as demonic, being seen as temptresses, being seen as everything but everything but pure and pious and virtuous and everything that white women in the church want to be. And I think it's really interesting. That this white woman, after all the research I've done, I've yet to hear anyone refer to her by her name, which is fine with me. I'm happy to disrespect her on this episode and just <laughs> refer to her as this white woman. But uh, I find it interesting that this white woman seemed to have liked the song, obviously likes the song. And I feel like the moment she saw that the fact that this artist was a black woman and saw the artistry and the imagery and the, the music video immediately felt like oh, I have to distance myself from liking the song as it is because this artist is black. Yeah. It presents as a, a black femme. And the minute she saw that, she had to like backpedal and distance herself, which is fine to do if you feel you need to do that to like save face or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then to take the extra step, this woman not only demonized Nico for no reason at all, but then took the extra, extra step to rewrite their song and change the lyrics to make it a Christian song and said that the original was demonic and like a Satan's lullaby or whatever. It was, it, it's wild. It's wild. That's some serious projection. Uh, <laughs> it is why I also have not heard anybody use her name, which I think is good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the other important part about it is that she makes money and gets more attention for the, for the tune. But I think mm -hmm. that I think that people try to really intentionally counteract that because it's happened before with Inico. When I first got on the app, uh, I think that was one of the first like major controversies I was kind of watching go down. And it was when that mm -hmm. other person, Christian Kostov, covered Inico's song and uh the original version of it got the sound got like muted off of TikTok while this other person had covered the song and did like not as good of a job. It was mm -hmm. like an, it was an Asian artist. And frankly, I mean, I'm not like anti auto tune, but Iniko's version just had so much. Uh, I don't know, like rawness in the vocals and like uh, it was so clearly original to them mm -hmm. in the in the. I don't know. There's definitely like some magic in Inico vocals. Inico is like a very, very good lyricist. Mm -hmm. And I've covered Inico music in um, not on TikTok, but on because Inico's pretty explicitly said, like, don't don't cover my stuff if you're not. And uh, anyway, that was a whole controversy last year. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I don't know. I mean, that kind of thing obviously happens on TikTok a lot where like somebody will just put a white face on black work and then Mm -hmm. it does better. That's just what happens on TikTok. (laughs) And it's an extension of what happens in, you know, really all of music, but like a lot of, uh, a lot of pop, a lot of rock, all of rock, you know, was um, descended from blues, Delta blues. That's mm-hmm. very specifically a black history uh, that just kind of got like a white face slapped on it. Um, but yeah, I guess this this other example of this year, I, I really want to know this woman's name. I should have looked it up. <laughs> I don't want to say it on the episode, but I don't even know what her account is. And I didn't even listen to the song directly, except for just clips that I saw from other people. I think their her TikTok name is it's such a common thing to see on TikTok since I first got on TikTok. We're going on like three years now where white women and girls, I think, are, are just so used to being in the center. Mm-hmm. So used to being centered and being the mainstream and and like being the standard for everything. Yeah. Especially on TikTok. In other places, sure. But like especially on TikTok where they feel really emboldened to take liberties with black creators work and rebrand them as their own without even a second thought and then be rewarded for it by the algorithm with engagement and clicks and views and brand deals and and all of that. And a lot of times when they do get some backlash when they're paying attention, if they, if it even reaches them, it seems like, the, the ones that really do engage in that kind of behavior and really ride the wave of the fame that they get from it, they can't even fathom how racist it is because they're so used to being centered that they, they don't even see the problem with it. Yeah. I mean, TikTok just completely erases context. But again, I I think this definitely are, already was happening for all for history <laughs> way before TikTok yeah. too. But it's really, I think, the ease with which t- uh, con- context just gets, like, sloughed away on that app. I think that's why. So it's just kind of like this extreme version of what happens already. And it just makes it so easy. Um, what I've been used to seeing on TikTok are white women and girls um, kind of doing a rebrand of of black people's work like with the dances and stuff just kind of just redoing it maybe not even with their own spin not even with their own take just kind of imitating what black people are doing and their their whole tiktok route takes off from, the, from that but with this this woman rewrote the lyrics to their song took the song rewrote the lyrics and then had the audacity to go on tour and tour around church stages singing Inako's song with different lyrics that is bold as fuck i mean yeah i mean i in general i think people kind of look down on covers in a way that like people are going to cover songs but then you have to think about power dynamics and who's making money and if she's touring churches she's making money um the other thing is her tiktok is looking pretty wackadoo from my perspective as i'm clicking in here and like good for indigo who i think last year sometime had like a little over a million followers and now she has like or sorry ugh, 
uh, they have about 4.2 million followers now. So good for them. And this person seems to have somewhere in the the tens of thousands, uh, fewer than I did on my They're definitely attracting the Christian white nationalist crowd for sure. Well, it's interesting because I clicked in and their most, her most recent TikTok is, is like, interesting to me because it's responding to a comment that says when you have to limit your comments you've done something wrong which i don't like because it's kind of like obviously people are jumping on trying to trying to like do some of these same tactics of cancellation or whatever that Mm -hmm. we experienced only when you you know that can be used to punish someone when people have no idea which sucks but then her response is this video which is captioned if christ had a tiktok and she just like oh lord it's just like describing like if she was christ and how she would behave or something and then the video before that is her duetting a black creator who rewrote doja cat's music and to be more jesus-y and she's like jamming to this this person on a ukulele (laughs) singing a doja cat jesus version I mean, is, is this kids bop? Like, what's going on? Is this what? Kids bop. Kids bop. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the heck? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it's interesting she duets this other person with the Doja Cat rewrite, and I guess that is pretty common. But it's not. It's it doesn't change the fact that she was a white face slapped on top of the Inigo song, while also demonizing Inigo. For like pretty obvious reasons, which this, I feel like it's like a tokenization to then put this other person on her to duet this other person yeah, with this other sure. song, you know? Absolutely. Let me find the first black creator I clap eyes on and then cheer and and duet them so I look like I have a black friend. Like it's yeah. a tale as old as time. <laughs> oh yeah. I will say like not an excuse, but an explanation, I guess, is that, and it, and it's not even like it's an obvious explanation because there's such a close tie from the christian church to colonization and that's what's happening Mm -hmm. here but there's also a really common thing in my memory about uh reusing you know and I, i mean just in general like when something is a catchy tune people will just repurpose it for folk music or for uh religious music or just because it's a good way to like introduce somebody that already likes one tune into your thing like that even happened Mm -hmm. with rap music there was a whole era there was a whole like phase where uh rap music started taking on samples that were like popular music like white people music and then Mm -hmm. it got white people into rap like it was like a whole thing um but yeah the church does that all the time i think just like takes tunes and turns it into Jesus music. But I think the difference too was this lady really did it while at the same time like shitting all over Inigo for not any good reason and just being like you're demonic. For no good reason at all. And it's something that I, as a black person who spent a lot of time in white churches, have seen happen firsthand. I've experienced it firsthand where a white woman specifically a white woman in the church sees 
another woman of color also in the church and just has all the different stereotypes and biases in their mind that this woman of color is less than me. They are less pure. They are less saved. They are less spiritual. They are more prone to insert whatever than I. I am the standard. I am the most virtuous. I'm I'm wife material. I will be a preacher's wife one day. That seems to be the vibe in these white evangelical Christian churches among women, among white women, because of toxic purity culture. Yeah. It's it's so deeply baked into the cake of evangelical Christianity to be racist towards not just black people in general, but specifically black women, because you're taught that you are property in the church. You have no bodily autonomy, you have no rights, you have no say. Your your body is the only thing of value. And then when you get picked, finally, when you get married, your body belongs to some man. And it's like a, a fight to the death to make sure you get picked. And in order to get picked, you have to make sure that you distance yourself from anything that might tarnish your image as this like pure, virtuous white woman in the church. Yeah. And there's even like an archetypal black white connection there where we just sort of assume that there are these like objective associations between black and white of bad and good mm -hmm. dirty and clean uh and those are assumptions that, that don't have to be automatic associations at all but they but they're really ingrained yeah and it it really upsets me this whole thing is just, it's so unnecessary but i can tell just watching her content I know. She was never taught to seek clarity. She was never taught to expand her curiosities beyond her own experience. She was never taught to understand anything that looks unfamiliar to her. Uh, and that's, that's sort of the goal of the church. They want you to focus on God and focus on being indoctrinated and focus on the teachings of the Bible and the teachings of whoever the spiritual leader in the community is whoever the minister pastor or whatever you're taught to just keep your mind so closed and so narrow and have your blinders on and anything that looks different or sounds different is automatically of satan it's automatically yeah a demon and you're gonna lose <laughs> your salvation if you even think about it it's a demon and so it's a demon. It's it's demonic. Everything that's different is demonic. And that's so colonial. It's so colonial. Well, yeah, it just very white much people reinforces have gone around the entire world. That. White people have gone around the entire world, going to every country on the planet to tell people that they're different from them. Hmm, this doesn't look familiar to me, so it's demonic and you need to be saved and you need to convert to Christianity. You also need to let us as white people control you and change your culture so it's more like us. Yeah. And that's your ticket into heaven, maybe. Yeah, it's all colonization. I mean, it's hard to even talk about Christianity. For me, it's even hard at this point to talk about Christianity in a way that is good faith toward people that are Christians. And I try to, I try to do that because like there is, there has to be some kind of space for real people who are just, and I think people need some kind of community. So 
there's got to be some way to practice Christianity and be like a good person. And I know good people, but it's like, I, mm-hmm. I have to almost keep that in mind because it's really hard to even talk about the religion at all and not just be, not just like, like throw the whole man away, you know, like throw yeah. the whole entire man in a garbage because, <laughs> you know, the man yeah. of Christianity, because I just, I just, I have a really hard time seeing it as anything but colonization at this point. Mm-hmm. And I know that that hits hard for people that are like sincerely of faith people, but it's like, you have to understand if it's not you, then take, leave it on the floor or whatever. But like, you have to understand how much pain your religion has caused because of this fundamental, this fundamental like impetus toward colonization and it's in everything. Mm-hmm. It's the white saviorism is exactly what the church is and does, you know, and the patriarchal values that it sets up. Like it's all, it's all tied in there and the whiteness and blackness uh, that's all part of the history that maybe you don't talk about and you don't want to see, but it's consciously baked in there by the history. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also like causing all this pain and then having the nerve to say in the name of God and saying that every urge, basically every urge and every impulse that an evangelical Christian has that benefits them socially within the church walls is automatically God spoke to me. God told me to do this regardless of the impact it has on anyone that they just don't see as valuable. And that's what it is. It's fine if it hurts this person because this person isn't saved in my eyes. This person isn't spiritual in my eyes. So it's fine. And if it's fine, well then God told me to do it. God also told them slavery was fine. God yeah. also said manifest destiny. And God told this white woman to take in a co-song and change the lyrics according to her. So it's Yeah. It's I mean garbage. it's it's crazy how much people let themselves rest on that like external patriarchal authority and I have a fun theory that I mean the Bible is a very interesting document to me and I have a whole fun theory about how it's not just my theory either. It's like a Gnostic whole thing, but uh, that the God of the Bible is basically just like uh, a shitty angel (laughs) (laughs) who like came to earth and just uh, decided that he was going to make everybody else. He was just going to call everybody else the devil in his framing. But if you kind of reframe the Bible and you're like, what if God is basically the devil? Like what if God is basically the shit evil one? it makes so much sense actually (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it really does so uh you know and i had to like it's very traumatizing because because the god of the bible is very much the patriarchy and colonization Mm -hmm. and i had to step away from that for years because it was very traumatizing to think that that was the way things were was the patriarchy and colonization and to and to and it was like a rule by fear and then to step back and look at it again with this new framing of like what if you're actually this like sad silly little limp dick man instead of like god you know Mm -hmm. um what if all of us that are all 
one thing what if we are god exactly what if it's inside instead of outside what if it's in instead of up you know yeah which is what i feel that the the lyrics of jericho kind of allude to oh yeah and that's what makes it other and it's all about self and other it's all about let's group the in group and the out group um and frame it so that yeah so that that has to be the out group and it's precisely because it's scary mm-hmm. scary and who is it scary to? The people that, you know, need God to be the God. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like toppling their worldview. But I, but yeah, to me, Inigo's lyrics are just divine. I mean, Inigo is divine. <sighs> and there's a lot yeah. about like, there's a lot about black femininity that's divine. But then even, even going beyond that, just those lyrics are like really inspired and Mm-hmm. magical like i don't know if they i don't know if they consider themselves with somebody that does music magic but i would consider that music magic absolutely so yeah, that's it's scary. it's meant to touch parts of your soul that i mean i feel like music is supposed to touch parts of your soul no matter what kind of music it is it's kind of the point of music it's meant to move you in a deep way it's meant to move you in a way that spoken word can't it is ma- music is magical, and I don't think Inigo's songs are about like trying to drag anyone to hell with them. Like, I don't think it, no. it has this like evangelical magnet. Like it's not like recruiting for an MLM like Christian music can be. No, they're empowering. Like evangelical Christians try to do. It's all about recruiting and converting you know trying to build the kingdom of heaven or what the fuck ever and it's such a projection to say that the song jericho is was a quote satanic strategy she called it a strategic song from the enemy she called it well yeah the enemy of her maybe but she you know (laughs) yeah the enemy as in lucifer the enemy as in satan but it's like it's it's no that's what evangelical christians try to do it's that's the strategy for them to convert and indoctrinate and judge and demonize and turn people against and other people everyone's an other if they're not in the in group it's such a projection and they say the same thing about like the people that complain about people that are really um like patriotic about where they're from they have a lot of pride in their nationality or a lot of pride in the race or whatever mm-hmm. and some white people say well what about white pride if, if i was proud white then you know that would be wrong it's like well because white pride means something different it means everyone's in danger if you're proud to be white like it means something different right yeah. and i feel the same way about evangelical christianity like the strategy of the evangelical church means something a little different. So right. if you listen to a song that moves you and, and you can't help but your spirit is moved by it to the point where you're like, it must be demonic because it touched my soul in a way that I'm uncomfortable with. So this this Black artist must be trying to get me to, to Satanism. Oh, that's a projection. 
Yeah. Well, and if it's, I mean, you're completely right. And if it's, if you're, if Inigo's song is like a spell, this other Christian lady's song is like a spell as well. It's like intended to reverse mm-hmm. the power of it and to like tamp yeah. down the power of it, you know? Exactly. And it's kind of effective. And it's all about like the words that you speak and the energy that you give things basically. And that's why it's really cool to see people not saying her name, <laughs> not, like mm-hmm. giving her a lot of time and space. And this lady has like what, 18,000 followers and I'm sure is, you know, trying to be like an energy vampire and suck up some of the attention that Inigo gets deservedly, you know? Yeah. But and I'm sure she's getting a lot of hate. Like, I'm sure it's awful. Yeah. Well, that's it. When I click in, I see this comment and I'm like, oh, I know what you're going through. But and it's not and it's, I don't want to be like an arbiter on high of who deserves the the ra- I don't really think the wrath of random comment trolls is ever like you can drown people out and you can like take away their platform like that. But I don't really think like just trying to, you know, waste someone's energy with that is really anything productive. And so I'm just kind of like, ugh, when I see it, but yeah. also I think it's, perfectly fine to just physically tamp out somebody's like space to be given attention that 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 is not deserved so right yeah i feel like she shouldn't be rewarded for what she's done to inigo taking their song rewriting it touring with it profiting off of it absolutely not and to be terrorized online we you and I both know that's not cool. It feels terrible. And I don't think anyone is deserving of that that kind of horror and for how long it can go on. But she shouldn't be continued she shouldn't be able to continue to profit off of what she's done. Yeah. I mean, and I hope that all the backlash that she's getting stays attached to every performance of that song. That's how it should be. Are you tired of feeling unsafe online? Do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying, doxing, and other forms of online harassment? Then look no further than Doxed the Podcast. Visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. I also think it's like a bigger problem than just her. It's because it's also music kind of moves like that, all of it. And it it really is in a bigger picture sense, all stolen and appropriated. Or I guess you can do certain things in a respectful way. Like you can honor something rather than appropriate it which all completely has to do with like power dynamics and in capitalism who gets paid it has so much to do with who's getting paid and there's just Mm -hmm. 
a very long history of a graveyard of people who came up with, of black people who came up with music and had no credit and didn't get paid. I found out something interesting about, um, it's called slowed plus reverbed music slowed plus reverb, which is like, I bet you can recall certain sounds on TikTok that have done this. It's what it sounds like when they take a track that's already a known pop music or whatever, slow it down and add mm-hmm. reverb. Right. And you would think that was just kind of like something someone figured out how to do, but I found out a whole history of it today. And there was this, there was this moment on YouTube where a creator called Slater, whose name is uh, Gerilyn Moore. And he's a guy from Texas who is black. He was the main guy who, who made slowed plus reverb, a popular thing, which first came up on YouTube. But the thing is, he grew up listening to a guy named DJ Screw, who did a style Mm -hmm. called Chopped and Screwed, which was a Texas hip-hop style. And so... Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, because you were like in Texas area at some points in your life. I was not. So I'm more into like, I'm more aware of like East Coast stuff. (laughs) But yeah, the Chopped and Screwed, which is funny because I had a corn album when I was younger called Chopped, Screwed, Live and Unglued. So I bet they were like also (laughs) taking for DJ Screw. So anyway, uh, Slowed and Reverb is totally descended from Chopped and Screwed style. And Slater... Mm -hmm says this because he listened to DJ Screw and as he was growing up and he was from that area. Mm-hmm. And um I read this article which I can include in the in the like links or whatever. But basically the article was making this good point that it got laundered because there was this like for example they brought up this account called Song Psych uh Song Psychology on TikTok which did kind of like a l- music theory learning video talking about slowed and reverb and talking about it's like basic musical characteristics and refers to it as a phenomenon and credits it to Slater. But the song psych person is just a white lady and then never mentioned DJ screw. And so she did eventually issue like a correction because she got some backlash because people were like, you can't just erase DJ screw from this history. But it's just a really good example of how easy it is, and especially on TikTok, to just take away the context. Just mm-hmm. boop, boop, zip, zip, like the white face was the most popular, and now suddenly DJ Screw has nothing to do with that history. And um, there was even uh, the producer Slater actually made a video that said, I, he said, I will pay you $3,000 to have your content like the song site content scrubbed from the internet <laughs> because that's how much he oh my God. he cared that the dj screw part of that history was part of it but like mm-hmm. the, it, it's so quick it's and even though song psych issued a corrective video it's done already like you already yeah, spread the misinformation and it was so easy. And songs like probably try like probably spent a solid hour or whatever researching this video, whatever, and just missed a thing, but caught but of course is seen as an authority and probably is 
he, he like positions themselves and it's easier with a white face and it's done. It's done already. Like that context is already stripped and it's so easy. So that was such an yeah. interesting example to me because like, I didn't know that history. <laughs> All you think is like slowed and reverb. That's kind of a cool you know, that's a cool idea, yeah. but that's all. Well, of also with, with the advent of TikTok, no one really has to be thorough with anything anymore. Not only has it, you can't can research can, you can take five minutes researching something. And I'm saying that in air quotes because you can make a one minute TikTok video about it and it can go viral and millions of people can see it. And that's kind of what people are after. They're just after the clicks and views and revenue that can come with that, which there's nothing wrong with wanting to make your bag. Like we all have to survive under capitalism. I get it, but you don't, no one has to be, not everyone out here is like swoop with the whole team really looking under every rock, turning over every leaf to really get the details and get really granular about things. Yeah. When you're on TikTok, you don't have to do all that. Well, to me, it's like, you almost can't, you almost can't. And you do have like a personal responsibility. And I think the audience has a personal responsibility as well, which nobody seems to acknowledge or participate in, Mm -hmm. but I really do because not only if you don't have that context, are you, you know, you can still put your one minute video out, but you're more likely to go viral because the Mm -hmm. controversy part of it will help. And so if you get some fact wrong, the whole algorithm is going to be like, ah, you know, everybody's responding, telling you that you got something wrong. So now you are blasted. And and for people that don't care about being right, you know, that's just a tool in your belt, basically. Right. And right. so, yeah, you're more likely to win at TikTok if you, <laughs> if you just don't care about context. And, you know, I told somebody... I might've even said this on another episode, but I told somebody one time pretty recently, cause they were talking about trying to get on TikTok and educate about their niche. And I was like, you can't educate on TikTok. You can just make people feel like they are educated because it's all about giving people an emotional feeling. And really it's funny because music does a similar thing. Like music is also, right. I think you're right. Music is all kind of magic. And to me, the way that I think about what is music and what does it do is always to ask the question, what is the function of this music? What is Mm -hmm. it accomplishing? Like that gives you a lot of insight into whether it's good or bad, because is it accomplishing its function, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, and music does make you, it it is moving in some way, but uh, that's why it's like this, this Christian version of the song is like a counter spell basically, because what is it doing in the world? Like what is it doing politically? It's like countering this kind of empowering nature of the Indigo stuff. And anyway, the videos are, are like that too. They're like, basically just, what are they doing? They're doing something emotional to you. You're not really Mm -hmm. learning something intellectually, but I I think there is some uh, spectrum of that. Like you can try to be responsible as a creator as much as possible. I remember in my old account, especially this account is more just me trying to hype my music mostly. Um, but my my first Aquarian Music Witch account that got banned, that um, I tried with every video that I made that was like educational, I tried to put a source. But it was interesting too. People would often not see the source and still ask me for the source. 
Like I would put the source on the screen in a corner and try to make sure it was like visible because I cared about that kind of thing. And people would just still comment and be like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Where'd you get this from? Or like, where can I see the full video? And I'm like, it's literally on the screen, but that's on I the would cite my sources too, yeah. just to have people be like, you're not qualified to talk about this. You're just making <laughs> stuff up. And I'm like, it's literally on the screen. My yeah. source. Well, that is also part of why I started citing sources because I didn't like, I, I didn't, I, I was talking about like spiritual stuff too. And I, I didn't want to be just talking out my ass and I wanted not to just like appropriately whip out some rando bullshit about chakras or something. So every time I ever talked about any of that stuff, I was like, here's the exact source. So if you have an issue with the source, you can take it up with the source, you know? Right. Um, but I bet I got less backlash than you too. I mean, I've definitely gotten backlash. I've definitely been called, you know, Delulu, but um, yeah, I bet just, I bet before our whole, bullshit situation for this year i bet i got less questioning of my authority at, excuse me as i was making those videos um than you did i bet that's I, true i didn't get a lot of questioning of my authority until the bullshit started oh, okay like yeah i didn't have a lot of people saying that i wasn't qualified to speak on literally anything that i spoke on until then yeah i guess same with me I did get like, it's funny because I think also the type of person that was questioning me shifted because before the bullshit, I, the, the bullshit with a capital T and B T M, um, I, <laughs> I would get a lot of pushback from white men and also mm. from Christians. And I think I was, again, like I was mostly, I was up there being pretty harsh to Christians and I think doubling back a little bit, um, I think you're right that there's like a difference with like, I always felt like there was a difference between critiquing Christianity and critiquing maybe other religions because Christianity is in the centered position. So it's kind of the same mm -hmm. thing as yeah. like naming whiteness and maleness for me, where it's like, I know there are good people who are a white man. I'm aware of that. And I know we've had this like conversation on here before and it's like, we don't need to tiptoe around those people, but it's like in my own head, I almost have to make space for that because I care very much about making space for humanity and real practical situations that people are in and in real practical mm -hmm. life. Yeah. You can be born as a white man and like try your best and maybe figure it out and decolonize yourself and be a good per or be just trying your best, you know? Okay, you can be a Christian yeah. and be trying your best. I, I want to leave space for that. But it's like to counter this thing of like, yeah, but you're in this centered position. So why is me just naming it like such a defensive problem for you? <laughs> why is it a problem to just be like, no, Christianity and colonization are like two peas in a pod? <laughs> yeah, and they really are. And it's, and it really is because, and Christianity, like I was a Christian and I know we got fed this narrative that we were the victims of the world and that we were in the minority. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. I mean, it could be approaching true, which I'm sure feels scary, you know, but like it just, we were not being martyred. We were not being burned at the stake at the time I was going, it was like the, it was like what I was led to expect was going to happen in the world. Eh. And you know who was burning people at the stake? Literal Christians were burning people at the stake. Really? I mean, you it's sneezed, witch. It's burned at the stake. 
You know how to tie your shoes? Which I just found out that, I mean, I, I don't know. I also learned it on TikTok, so who the hell knows? But there was this TikTok about St. Patrick and how he drove all the snakes out of Ireland and how there were never snakes in Ireland. So that's basically just a myth about, that's just a um, metaphor for witches. He drove the witch, he killed all the witches. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But I did want to also, I, I had in my notes another point about, um, because I listed a couple of musicians throughout history that have appropriated black music and it definitely is easy to strip context on TikTok, but it doesn't mean it doesn't always happen. And I had found this whole article about Led Zeppelin because they, uh, basically all of rock and, and really starting, I think kind of starting through like Elvis, like Elvis. Yep. Yeah. He became that list. He was the white face that he slapped on top of Delta blues. So through that rock was born. Mm -hmm. And so really all of rock is kind of like, you know, and you see that in like Eric Clapton, um, Clapton is racist as hell. Also, like I did not even realize the extent until Googling around today again, but that's a whole other thing. Led Zeppelin, a whole lot of love is really strikingly similar to a song by a guy, Willie Dixon, called You Need Love. Um, And Willie Dixon filed a lawsuit and got himself credited as a songwriter in like later releases of that song, Whole Lot of Love, because it was pretty lifted. But the art, but, you know, sometimes that, and I know music, I've been in music for my whole life and I have a lot of music education. And so I know the whole argument about like is this song close enough to this one to be considered a lifted song you know and a lot of times it's actually not that hard to either just come up with something independently that someone else basically wrote or Mm -hmm. b to subconsciously pick something up and then incorporate it and not even realize like those things can definitely happen because of the nature of music and because kind of everything uh I think my I think my favorite Bible verse is the one that is like all things are wearisome. The eye never sees enough, the ear never hears enough. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. Right. And no one really is reinventing the wheel when it comes to yeah, music. Exactly. So it's all kind of like everything is a reference to everything else. In the same way that language is, like words. Mm-hmm. Like every word is has the power of the whole history of every time everyone used that word before it. Um, but anyway, so there's a spectrum. So there's some, you know, you can, you can definitely get music that you're like, mm, it's similar, but like, you're really going to call like a one, four, five, one progression, a copy when it's everyone uses it or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. however, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin <laughs> said in an interview, uh, Paige's riff was Paige's riff. It was there before anything else. I just thought, well, what am I going to sing? That was it. A Nick. In other words, he knew he stole it. A Nick. He stole it. He says, mm-hmm. now happily paid for. At the time, there was a lot of conversation about what to do. It was decided that it was so far away in time and influence. Well, you only get caught when you're successful. It was written like seven years before Led Zeppelin lifted it. <laughs> And Jeez. They, they knew they were lifting it. 
he knew that he, and in this case, it's actually more clear because not only was the music similar, but the lyrics were lifted. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, lifted it. he knew what he was doing and they reasoned, oh, well, no one's going to notice. And then he's like, oh, well, we got caught. But that's what happens. Uh, you know and what I that think- says to me? Hmm. I am privileged. Yeah. I am centered. I am the standard. I can do what I want. I get to own this. I get to do what I want. Yeah. And he's right. And then he just paid off, paid it off because they got caught, you know, like pay your $300 in Monopoly or whatever. Um, But it's interesting because Willie Dixon used the money that he got from his settlement to start something called the, the, um, the Blues Heaven Foundation. He founded it in 1984 and the mission of the Blues Heaven Foundation is to help artists and musicians obtain what is rightfully theirs and to educate both adults and children on the history of the blues and the business of music. So basically, he started a foundation to kind of counter some of that um, because it's and, and it helps other artists like receive royalties. But it's such a common, totally pervasive problem. The other one that I was really working up was Clapton and Clapton. Oh, is so racist that they started a whole thing called rock against racism <laughs> as a result of his bullshit because and i didn't even know this and i knew that he lifted blues because my dad my dad it listens to classic rock and clapton is obviously like mixed into all those channels and stuff and like right. Right. all of his stuff is clearly like a white guy that did blues you know but um not only I've known about Eric Clapton since I was a little girl. My dad um, was a musician on the side um, and yeah. would rant, rant about Eric Clapton. Like in a mad way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um Clapton went on this went on this like tirade during a um during a concert. What even concert was it? Hold on. Let me see what year this was in. I think it was in the 80s. Hold on. I guess it was a concert in Birmingham. Birmingham. And okay, like late 70s, 76. Anyway, uh, he went on this tirade where he says, I'm not even going to read all of it because he says some really horrible things. He says, stop Britain from being becoming a black colony. Get the foreigners out. And then he says some terrible words. And then he says, keep Britain white. And then he like yells at all of the people in the in the in the concert and says, do we have any foreigners in the audience tonight? If so, please put up your hands. Where are you? Wherever you are, I think you should all just leave, not just the hall, but our country. I don't want you here in the room or in my country. So he goes on this like horrifically racist rant and then he kind of makes it worse later on because years later he tries to kind of walk it back, but like walks it back in a way where it's clear he's still a horrific racist because he says, I was so ashamed of who I was. I was kind of semi-racist, which (laughs) no, you weren't kind of semi-racist, Eric Clapton. You were horrifically racist. So much so that they literally started a movement called Rock Against Racism as a result of your racism. And uh, he also had some bullshit about half of my friends were black i dated a black woman i championed black me he didn't champion black music he profited off of black music so that is a disgusting and uh um 
Yeah, and also apparently yeah, Clapton did an anti Clapton doesn't mean you're not racist. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. That's some of that that entire that entire everything Clapton said that I just relayed is is horrifically horrifically racist, including all of his stuff he said as an excuse for his racism. I'm a black friend. I'm fucking a black woman. That means I'm not racist and I'm only I was only kind of sort of racist, which means that you know, you don't oh, have yeah. black friends. No, no you, you've completely you've surrounded yourself and insulated yourself with white friends that have accepted apologies on behalf of black people because you've seen it on TikTok when someone does something horribly racist and gets backlash for it all the white people in the comments are like you don't have to apologize it wasn't that bad I forgive you that's what that response comes from Someone accepted that apology. Someone that did not look like me or the black woman you were fucking or all your black friends and made you feel better about yourself. Exactly. I got sent a TikTok. Once again, a TikTok, how I, how I exist um, today, which is just like a funny thing, synchronicity, but it's from, uh, I don't know. Dara star Tucker is the, is the creator. And it's talking about, or like, or like uh, comes up with this term racism laundering which is basically describing this thing of when well i guess in that case it's not exactly it was describing like if somebody writes an article that's racist and then ghost writes it and puts a black author on it and was like showing examples of when this happened where a black author later like a like a black journalist later was like yeah that was that semi-racist article was like ghost written actually and they just put it under my name but it kind of goes to this idea of like let's just like slap a black face on our racism and then that makes it okay and it makes me think of that tiktok video on the christian ladies page where she's like let's just find this this black person who did what i did and it makes what i did okay <laughs> and i can like hide behind it um, but yeah, Clapton saying he championed black music, uh, and the article even is like, yeah, that'll probably make the majority of the people reading Shutter. And yep, and then and then he made an anti-lockdown song with Van Morrison in 2020. Did you know that? No, Clapton is uh, is done, canceled, as canceled as Justin Timberlake unrelated oh but but oh my god if the real reason why cry me a river was written means that justin timberlake needs to be now canceled forever and he's an aquarius man so i vote that we just cancel all of the aquarius men wait um, a minute my hold on my understanding of cry me a river was that it was about britney spears mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um this was back when i was in like the hip-hop dance scene i was a choreographer back then i was in different dance troops i had taken dance classes from like celebrity choreographers including the one that was rumored to have been the one britney cheated on justin with that choreographer who was also a choreographer for justin timberlake at the time too so it was very salacious and the thing was that she cheated on Justin with him oh. and they ended up not getting together after Justin broke up with her. And then she tried to get back together with Justin because they were like the perfect celebrity couple. And he was like, cry me river. You're alone and sad now. And 
Yeah. yeah. According to her new upcoming biography addendum or whatever, that is not the story. <laughs> Ooh! Um, spill yeah. the tea. I'm I'm all the way on Britney conspiracy talk. I do not believe that she's like being faked, but I believe that she's not always super safe from her like family and people around her, which is really sad. And, um, yeah. And there's a couple of really salacious things that she like revealed after sitting on them for a long time in this, in this upcoming stuff. But one of them was that her song every time, which I went back and listened to today and it's a beautiful song and it's so sad. Mm. It was about, she had gotten pregnant by Justin and he didn't want her to keep the baby. And so she had to get rid of the baby. And she was so heartbroken by that. And she wrote that song every time, which once you listen to it, it is so coded. It's about her wanting that baby. It's all about a baby. It's not about a man. It's not about him. And then he wrote cry me a river. Can you imagine? Canceled. Aquarian men canceled, canceled, done. Oh no. We're done with them. We're done with them because that's exactly that's some Aquarian man bullshit. It's horrible. That's why he's gone back with NSYNC because he knows he sucks. He knows he's done. He knows he needs them now. He had way too big of an ego. Oh no. Oh no, is right. You know, I started side eyeing. I started side eyeing Justin Timberlake way back in the day when he had that Super Bowl performance with Janet Jackson yeah, and he she pulled had off that her. He, I what? Yes, you're right. You're totally right. He is the one. He's the one that caused the wardrobe malfunction. And then she got all that. And when she the got all that hate, one hundred percent, she got all that hate and all that backlash right. and all that slut shaming. And right. he distanced himself from her. He was sleeping with her at the time. He was dating her at the time. Oh my God, really? And when she got all that backlash, he completely distanced himself. That's so sad. I remember that happening. Uh, I remember that day I was watching it live and I remember that whole day and I remember in the immediate like couple weeks people were talking about how they were like they were like he he did that on purpose or like that was definitely the rumor that it was like his choice to do it basically and then that all got just erased and so many people so many people just saw her as unclean as like a result and you could see on her face she was like shocked when it happened it was horrible. That was so horrible. She wasn't expected to be like pawed at in that way, first of all, at the Super Bowl, which is not like, yeah, it's not some concert performance at a private, like, it's the Super Bowl. It's the it's only a family like thing. (laughs) So she probably wasn't expecting to be like groped and pawed at and ripped out like that. And it's because he, he was sleeping with her at the time. I didn't even know that part. He's, but this is such an Aquarian man bullshit. They have these like shiny ass eyes and you're like, oh, you're like from heaven. And then they actually don't care about a woman and will stomp all over her as soon as they want to have some freedom or some crap. And I'm so just canceled, canceled. He's canceled. Speaking of Aquarian men. Did you follow the Don't Worry Darling drama with Harry Styles and Olivia What's-Her-Face? No, I like Harry Styles. Should I not? He's an Aquarius stellium. Like his I, know, I know that. And you know what's funny? Aquarius. What's funny? I 
totally get his music. Like as an as a fellow Aquarian, it's the most Aquarian music, and I love it. <laughs> He's an Aquarian music man. Yes. But there was this whole drama that he was like sleeping with the director of Don't Worry Darling. And there was some kind of drama going on. But there is a clip of the whole cast, including the director, at an awards show, maybe. Okay. And he walks up to his seat. There's another actor sitting between him and Olivia. I think they were probably supposed to sit next to each other. But this other actor was like a barrier between the two. And you see him walk up to his seat, mumble something to Olivia, probably calling her a bitch or something. And then he spit at her. Oh my god! And sat down. I think that I heard about that, but the version I heard was that it was a that it wasn't what ha that he didn't actually spit at her, and that it was like perhaps some kind of a way to promote the movie or something. Ugh, of course. I don't know though. I really don't. I wasn't there. I, I have to find the clip and show you. But he, he like you. I don't know. You have to watch it. You have to watch the clip. That's fair. Well, jury's out on Harry Styles, but I will say Aquarian Men canceled. Um, Justin Timberlake, Ramen Hair canceled. Crimey <laughs> River canceled. No canceled, more. Canceled. No more. It's going to be May. We're done with that meme. It's going to be May. <laughs> We're going to oh, date no. an Aquarian man. Proceed with caution. No wonder he's going back with NSYNC. He knows he's trash. Throw the whole Justin Timberlake in the trash. Man, like you can't you can't mess with Britney. Like she's like, No, I love Britney. Sweetheart with all her twirling and spinning and she just spins. She Britney. just wants to be free to spin. Really? She just wants to spin and twirl. Why can't the world just let Britney spin and twirl and go on her pole? Come on, world. Just let her do it. <laughs> She's her. She's she's put in the the hour. She's done the work. Just yeah. let her be. She's done the work. Thank you for listening. Find additional content at docsthepodcast.com.